Good morning and happy Thursday to you. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's a joy to be with you on this Thursday morning. You know, it is not only Thursday, but it is the feast of our patron, St. Louis. St. Louis the Ninth, King of France. It is a uh, wonderful day here in our hometown of St. Louis. So I am uh, happy to be with you this morning. Uh, you know, I wish we, I could say we were going to celebrate more on the show today, but we are going to celebrate knowing that it's our patron's feast day. Let's pray this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for the intentions, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. O most blessed Mother, heart of love, heart of mercy ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear out our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. St. Louis, King of France, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've got a lot going on today here on Roadmap to Heaven. In addition to being our patrons' feast day, uh, we also have our normal stuff for you. We're going to continue our series with Doug Barry on being prepared. And then we start a new series today with Dr. Brian Gosser, and we're going to be talking about fertility as a gift today. And it's one of those things, uh, through the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how we as Catholics view fertility as, as a gift and as a joy, and it's not something uh, to be treated the way the secular culture treats it. I don't want to say any more because I'll, I'll spoil the whole segment for you. Dr. Gosser and I are, are looking forward to these conversations. That's all ahead on the show. Of course, we've got the catequiz for you today as well. You know, it's one of those weeks where everything just seems to be happening all at once. We were really optimistic a few weeks ago when the soccer practice schedule started being announced that we were going to get lucky and that two of our kids were going to have soccer practice on the same night at the same park on adjacent fields so we could just park our chairs, look left for one kid, look right for the other. Yeah, that's not how it worked out. And so beginning this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and even Friday evening, we have soccer practice for one of our kids. And already I can tell you I am exhausted, and it's only the first week. However, it's these opportunities, these changes in the schedule that I look at and say, all right, how can we work this to our advantage? All of the kids have to go with me tonight. Beth is working. So there, there's no, here, honey, take the car and go She's a kid. She's in grade school. She can't drive, so we're going to pile in the van and go. What can I do with the kids in the van? Well, we could try and pass the time aimlessly. We could 
go to the gas station and fill up the tank, but we already did that this week. We could go to the store and go some do some shopping, but then we wouldn't be able to watch soccer practice. We could just glue ourselves to our screens and our devices, except the kids don't have devices. They're dependent upon mine. And is that really the best use of our time? Or we could pray a family rosary. Or we could spend some time talking about the readings for this coming Sunday. Or we could take some time. I've got, you know, some... We do the catequiz here on the show. I've got some catequiz questions for kids that we could go through and talk about. You know, it's really tempting to look at this time as a burden. Oh, my goodness. Every night we got to come home from school, eat dinner at 4.30 so that it's through their system and, you know, they're settled. You don't want to have soccer practice right after you eat. And then get out the door just about that time we were finally starting to relax, go to soccer, and come home. And it could be a drudgery. And I cannot imagine how unpleasant I will be if I treat it like a drudgery. I wouldn't want to be around me. I know how I get when I feel things are just so mundane and and taking the life out of me. But the choice is mine. Do I want to sanctify the time or do I want to be Mr. Negativity, woe is me, unpleasant to be around? So it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a challenge tonight. So I'm going to pray today for the grace to use the time well with my kids. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could offer up some prayers for me too, uh, it's just one of those days. But I love it, and I love that we're here with you. Let's go to uh, Mike Roberts for a check of the weather this morning. And then uh, when we come back, we'll have some more Roadmap to Heaven for you. I think we even have a little celebratory song after the weather today for the Feast of St. Louis. Today is the feast day of St. Louis, King of France. Born in the early 13th century, Louis was just 12 years old when he received the crown. Already a young man of deep faith, he let that faith guide him as king, living out the promises of his coronation, which included the constant pursuit of justice and peace. The two previous reigns had been marked by violence. Louis was determined to change that. However, there were many who opposed him, both inside and outside the country. But he was able to make peace inside his own borders and distinguished himself in attacks that came from the outside, especially in the Battle of Tailburg, which led to the defeat of England's troops and King Henry III. He reformed and updated the French judicial system, requiring for the first time written records and examination of witnesses. He founded hospitals and visited the sick and dying. And each day, Lewis would invite 13 guests from among the poor to dine with him, while many more ate at his castle. In 1267, he and his brother led a crusade which would consume most of the rest of his life. He died in North Africa on this day in 1270 at the age of 56. St. Louis, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. I went to confession this past weekend, and as I was preparing, I I couldn't help but think of this quote that comes to us uh, from all places from the Star Wars movies, and yet it was something that was told to me as a freshman, incoming freshman in high school about this time many, many years ago. 
do or do not, there is no try. And how often we say, well, you know, I tried. Well, that's all right. You tried. You gave it a good effort. But at the end of the day, it really is kind of true. Do or do not. There is no try. We either did it or we did not do it. We either successfully did not sin or we did sin. We either successfully stayed in a state of grace or we did not. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to rely on the judgment day dying outside of a state of grace and saying, but Lord, I tried. You know, and a beautiful part of it is recognizing that I did not. We have our catequist question today. And our question, our catequist question today comes to us from the Baltimore Catechism. Now, last week or the week before, I asked you as our catechist question, can you name the corporal works of mercy? And their chief corporal works of mercy are seven, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to ransom the captive, to harbor the harborless, to visit the sick, and to bury the dead. But question number 820 in the Baltimore Catechism asks this, how may we briefly state the corporal works of mercy? How may we briefly state the corporal works of mercy? Now, in asking this, I don't know that this even uh, is formatted like a typical catequist question. When I think quiz question, I I think of a trivia question or a a gotcha question or something like that. But I think this is a really good question for all of us. We, We need to be able to answer this question succinctly. And so here's how the Baltimore Catechism answers question 820. How may we briefly state the corporal works of mercy? We may briefly state the corporal works of mercy by saying that we are obliged to help the poor in all their forms of want. We are obliged to help the poor in all their forms of want. So whether they're hungry or thirsty, in need of clothing, held captive, without home, sick or dead, you know? I I think of, especially, uh, we had a listener call in when we were talking about the Corporal Works of Mercy last time, all those who perhaps live in assisted living facilities or skilled nursing facilities that have no one to visit them. Well, perhaps that's something you can do. I also think of our great patron today, St. Louis, who welcomed the poor and the hungry to his table, serving them himself. The king served the poor, not the other way around. The king served the poor. What a beautiful example that is. And, you know, if I look in the mirror, when can I say, oh, Adam, that's the last time you did that. You're up to date. No, it's time to do some service. So I'm going to challenge myself to do some service as well. Perhaps that's something the kids and I can do in the van is put together some kits for those who are homeless that we can have ready to hand out as we drive and see someone on the side of the road asking for help. It's just one of many things we can do. I encourage you to think of what can you do to help the poor in all their forms of want, wherever you may be. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Brian Gosser will be with us. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila. Oh my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you 
in wedding garments. Amen. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Our next guest is Dr. Brian Gosser, a Catholic OBGYN. Dr. Gosser, it's good to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. Thanks for having me, Adam. We are going to be talking about the next couple of weeks uh, in your realm of expertise, and that is fertility and childbearing and, and all of these things. And I think one of the biggest things that worries me in our culture today is the way that the secular culture looks at fertility, looks at the ability of a woman to conceive a child as a burden in a lot of cases when really it's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, I mean, as I was preparing for, for this, you know, one thing that came up time and time again, there's a place in the Catechism, 1652, which refers to one of the documents of Vatican II, Gaudium Spes. Children are the supreme gift of marriage and contribute greatly to the good of the parents themselves. So I don't know about you, but when when we started our family after we got married, things changed for me, and I wanted to be a better person. And I, I think that's a common experience for a lot of us as parents. You know, we see things that we never noticed before, but in the context of parenthood, like I, I remember watching the, the baseball game one evening, uh, and one of the commercials came on. It was one of those pretty racy, you know, hamburger chain commercials. I remember thinking, I don't want my four-year-old son watching this. And it just kind of called me to be a better person. I think that's one of the side effects, if you will, that God had planned for being parents. Beth and I were actually just talking about this the other day, how grateful we are to have our five kids. God has blessed us with five children. And we both kind of made that comment that I, I want to say it was St. John Paul II said, children are the glue that hold marriage together. And that very early in our marriage for us, about four or five years in, we lived through that. It, it was our first big hurdle as a married couple. And the thing that kept bringing us back to the table was the children. You know, what would we do we, if we threw in the towel? What would that mean for our family? What, the, what would that mean for the children? And thank goodness we didn't give in to the secular pressure and that the children were the glue that held us together in that hard time. Yeah. Well, and, you know, too, we, we wonder why the church has so much to say about parenthood and even marital love. I, I've thought about this. It's I think the primary reason is because of how holy it is. You know, we, we think of the, the world would place focus on sex as you know, kind of an erotic type of thing. But but we in the church know that sex is a holy thing. And why is it so holy? Well, because you, you look back to Genesis, it's it's ingrained in us. You know, we're created. It's not good for man to be alone. So God creates Eve. And, you know, the, the husband will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two become one flesh. The thing I think about is because sex is so holy, you know, we think about holy things. When you twist and pervert them, it's a... a crime. You know, if, if I were to throw a loaf of Wonder Bread on the ground right now and stomp on it, you'd think Gosser is crazy. But if I were to take the Holy Eucharist and put it on the ground and stomp on it, I, that's desecration. That's something serious. And so because of the holiness of that marital act, the church has a lot to say and, and wants to guide us because God's addition is a little bit different. You know, if you look in, in uh, Genesis you know, the two will become one flesh. Well, that one flesh is so real, nine months later, you give it a name. And God's addition is one plus one equals three. And it's stamped into our very being. You know, I know this is a lot at once, but, you know, when we as parents have children, we have little trinities in the natural sense. You know, how do we understand God? God is a trinity, a mystery. And you know, every year on Trinity Sunday, we think about this mystery of the trinity. Well, there's something stamped into us as human beings 
that we can image that Trinity and how beautiful it is that we can understand God in that way as Trinities. You know what's crazy about this? You know, we think of fertility as a gift. I remember, and, and let's go back to the beginning of our marriage uh, 13 years ago. You know, Beth and I, we were engaged for 18 months. So in that time, we did our NFP intro class. And we were having that, a couple of conversations in the final months of engagement. You know, number one, are we prepared to have children? Number two, which toaster do we want to register for? And I I say that somewhat joking because all of those gifts we went through and said, well, we want to ask for this silverware and we want to ask for this china and this blender and so on and so forth. But when it came to, yes, we want to embrace our call to become parents, we could say to God, you know, hopefully God, you'll bless us with a child that has X, Y, Z attributes. But really, we have no say in the gift we're going to receive other than that we're willing to receive it. Yeah, their father's wit and their mother's good looks. Thank goodness. Glory to God. Right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Gosser, I look forward to continuing this conversation with you. Next week, we're going to be talking about when things don't necessarily go according to the plan we may have in mind and what that means and and how we view that as Catholics. So until then, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back right after this. Lovely lady dressed in blue. Teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy. Tell me what to say. Did you lift him up sometimes, gently on your knee? Did you sing to him the way mother does to me? Did you ever try telling him stories of the world? And, oh, did he cry? Do you think he cares if if I tell him things? Just little things that happen. And do angels' wings make a noise? Can he hear me if I speak low? Does he understand me now? Tell me, for you know. Lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy, and you know the way. We're talking with Doug Berry about preparedness this week, and today we want to focus on being prepared for medical situations. Now, true story, the first year my kids were old enough to stay up until midnight on New Year's Eve, we had a little bit of an ice glaze come through St. Louis, and no joke, Doug, at the stroke of midnight, we hear the celebration in the neighborhood, and then power goes out. Now, I'm thinking to myself, I should have charged my phone because now my phone's going to, and we don't have a home phone. My phone's going to die. I know what I'll do. I'll go to the car. I'll just start the car. I'll sit out there, let it warm up. It's in the open air, so I'm not worried about the exhaust or anything like that. And I'll charge my phone. I'll come back in. What I did not think about was, am I even going to be able to get to my car? So I step out onto my front porch, which has a fruit cellar coal bin underneath, and the ambient temperature is just warm enough that the porch isn't glazed over. The minute I hit that, not even the minute, the second I hit that first step, let's just put it this way. If you've ever seen the uh, the old Home Alone movies, I did my best reenactment of falling down those frozen stairs, and I thought to myself, my wife's asleep, my neighbors are asleep, my phone I can't get to because I just fell down the stairs. I really hope I didn't break my leg or my arm. I was not prepared And if that sounds ridiculous, I'll take it and make it even simpler. One time, we needed a Band-Aid because a kid got a cut at a soccer game, and we didn't have one, and it tanked the rest of our plans for the afternoon because we had to divert and go home 
just to get a Band-Aid, which threw our entire timeline off. And let's just say Beth and I, we were a little stressed with each other, maybe a little mad at each other, and all for want of a Band-Aid in the car. Yeah. You know what? Those are great examples of how, in many ways, we have become so comfortable with our system our healthcare system, especially here in the United States, that if there's a problem, we many places have an urgent care location. You don't even have to go to the hospital anymore. You can just go to the urgent care facility down the street. It's like a mini hospital, of course, but it's a quick little ER, pop in there, get something cleaned up, get your wound fixed up and send you out of there. And that's great. And I am thankful, thankful to God that we have these things. But if those situations do not allow us to get there, certain situations don't allow us to get there, then we are really kind of behind the eight balls, you could say. We need to be looking at what it means to be more of your own first responder. Having a med kit on hand, a good med kit. Uh, you can have the type of, it's called a you know scratch and cut kit or boo-boo kit, some call it. Or you can have a trauma kit or anything in between. A trauma kit's going to have things like a tourniquet. It's going to have uh, an Israeli bandage type of bandage, which is much more of a pressure bandage, uh, four and six inch type pads. They they lock the big 70 inch strap, locks in, pull it tight. Quick clot is something else. Some people are going to be familiar when they hear me say that. The type of chemical you pour into a laceration, a serious wound, and it can help clot the blood faster and can save lives. Many people don't have any of this. Many people don't have any training to do any of this. And yet all of that is easily available. These things can easily be accomplished. You describe a perfect scenario. Most accidents happen around the home and many of them are serious accidents and it's a slip and a fall. It's on the steps. It's in the bathtub. It's these types of things that really can put someone in a world of hurt. Immediately people think, well, we're going to call 911. Someone's going to show up. Well, and that can happen and that's great. We're going to get the car. We're going to drive to the hospital. Well, might not be able to if there's weather issues. We have to look at those types of things. CPR, Heimlich Maneuver, two very basic things we hear a lot about, and yet a lot of people have never done any training on those at all. These basic medical skills, basic med kits can save the day. They can save a life, no question. You don't have to be a black belt in karate or some amazing special operations, special forces officer to protect and defend yourself. You just need some basic self-defense. Same idea here. You don't have to be a brain surgeon. You don't have to be a heart surgeon. You don't have to be able to set a broken leg or broken arm to actually help in many medical scenarios. Also, there are many stories of wartime, whether it's Bosnian war, the genocide in Rwanda, many stories. I talk about these a lot in my talks about Marian prophecies, but also you hear people who have been in those areas who will tell you that people will die in a matter of days from cuts and scratches and lacerations that get infected. When there's a crisis and some sort of infrastructure is down in a society or community, People don't have running water to wash out a wound that we would just normally do. Here I was chopping wood in the backyard and I, oh, I skimmed my foot, hit my toe, cut my toe, can't get to the hospital. I can just wash this out. Oh, no running water. What happens? People can get sick and, and sometimes die from the infection that comes from that. So having a med kit, having a good med kit, getting a little bit of basic medical training, understanding what to do if you can't get to an ER, urgent care facility, can save lives and make things a lot better. And even like you said, even having Band-Aids in your car so you don't have to run home on a day-to-day -day basis can also save the moment. So I encourage people to take, be proactive and take some good steps in these areas. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things I think about because 
My mom, the nurse, made this point to me at one point in time. She said, all right, so you have kids now. Do you know the Heimlich Maneuver? Do you know Uh CPR? Do you know first aid? And my first response was, well, my wife is a nurse. And my mom said, okay, but what are you going to do when she's not home? I didn't think of that. So, you know, again, (laughs) having that plan and being prepared. We're not saying it's going to happen, but we can't say that it won't happen. And, again, it's hard to be holy when you're in a panic. So let's be prepared. Doug, thanks for this today. Amen, brother. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. May the heart of Jesus in the most blessed sacrament be praised, adored, and loved with grateful affection at every moment in all the tabernacles of the world, even to the end of time. I don't know about you, but I'd like to make it a priority to hear the Daily Dose of Encouragement on this Thursday, and we're in luck because Patty Schneier is here with us now in the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Well, we're talking about limits and priorities in the spiritual life, and really in all practicality, in all aspects of life. Today, I want to talk about limits. Father Rossini, in his book, The Art of Restarting, says this is also a gift. Limits are actually a gift. And our priorities will help us identify our limits. So he goes back to the story of creation in Genesis to point out God's wisdom in creating limits and boundaries. Notice, on the third day of God creating the universe, he says, let the waters under the sky be gathered in a single basin so that the dry land may appear. So he's basically telling the water, you can only go this far. The water has limits. He establishes a boundary to the oceans with the creation of land. And that's very, very important. Notice also in creation of man and woman in the Garden of Eden. He established one limit with Adam and Eve regarding the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here's the question. Are limits always bad? No. God sets limits, not because he's a tyrant, but because he cares. We need healthy no's in our life. So here's my favorite quote about limits. We cannot live without limits. If you ask me to draw a map of Italy, I'm actually going to draw its boundaries, right? So technically, I'm not drawing Italy. I'm I'm drawing where Italy is ends, where its limit ends, where the boundary ends. So that's actually yet Italy. That's kind of a neat way to think about this. There must be limits to things. And here's what Father Rossini says, and my final thing for today, refusing our limits leads to disaster. We've got to accept our limits. If we don't accept our limits with God, where God is God, I am not. If we don't accept our limits of what we can do in a 24-hour period, if we don't accept our limits of our vocation, our state in life, it'll lead to disaster. So think about that today. Where do you need to recognize your limits and thank God for them? Well, Patty, we've reached the limit of our time for the Daily Dose of Encouragement today. However, that means I'm looking forward to tomorrow, whereas if we just kept going and going and going, I'd probably be looking forward to the end. So I look forward to wrapping up the week tomorrow with you on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. As we wrap up the show, it's important to note that the Festival of St. Louis is already underway at the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine this morning. At 5 a.m., they prayed matins and lauds. 
the early morning prayers of the church. And the next opportunity to celebrate liturgically with the festival is at 9 a.m. as they pray the Office of Prime. At 10 a.m. there will be terse and solemn mass. And then this evening at 4 p.m., second Vespers, first Vespers was last night, followed by Eucharistic Adoration and Benediction, a Marian procession from the Oratory to Forest Park at 5.30 p.m., the Rosary Prayed at the Apotheosis of St. Louis. It's a beautiful statue atop Art Hill in Forest Park. That will be at 6.30, and then afterwards there will be the festival, some fellowship, and more. Uh, for all of that, you can visit St. Louis Latin Mass that com. That's stlouislatinmass.com. It'll take you to the Oratory's website. Click on their calendar, and you can find all of the times there of what is happening today. So a great day to celebrate our patron. I want to leave you with this question. Uh, what do you do on patron saint feast days? Do you do something at home? Maybe a little extra something with dinner tonight, a special dessert, maybe a song sung as a family, an extra prayer before the meal. I don't know, but think about it. Maybe come up with something for today. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much to Doug Berry, Patty Schneier, and Dr. Brian Gosser for being with us today. We'll have the Roadmap Roundup for you tomorrow, as well as wrapping up our week with Doug Berry. Dan Vonderhaar and Ben Grijalva will be in the studio with me. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Happy Feast of St. Louis. And most of all, don't forget to pray your rosary today.